Warning. This radio wave broadcast is only for grown-ups. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Dead bolted doors God don't live here no more The towers are burning The seeds have been sown 
Does God live here anymore in the world? Our Lady's coming to reverse that because we've seen decades of atheism, immorality, deprivation destroy God in the heart. It's the great sin, the sin of deicide, the killing of God, a sin that when you kill God's possibility to ignite a heart, toward conversion by slander, bad witness, and a hundred hundred other things. We're in a special time. We're in an extraordinary moment that we see God acting through his mother coming to the earth and through this broadcast today you'll have a greater understanding how big the magnitude of something that's incomprehensible and what we're seeing through this coming year, and what we're headed into. This read is entitled, In 1917, Fatima Visionary Predicted Final Battle Would Be Over Marriage and Family. Sister Lucia, one of the three children who witnessed the Marian apparitions at Fatima, died in 2005. (laughs) But before her death, she predicted that the final battle between Christ and Satan would be over marriage and the family. Cardinal Carlo Cafara reported that the visionary sent him a letter with this prediction. On February 16, 2008, the Italian cardinal gave an interview. 
he was asked about the prophecy of Sister Lucia that speaks about the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan. In a letter he received from Sister Lucia, she wrote, The final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, she added, because whoever works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought against and opposed in every way, because this is the decisive issue. Then she concluded, Nevertheless, Our Lady has already crushed his head. Cardinal Kafara added that the family is the core since it has to do with the supporting pillar of creation, the truth of the relationship between man and woman, between the generations. If the foundational pillar is damaged, the entire building collapses, and we're seeing this now because we are right at this point, and we know it. Now, here's our proved apparitions of 1917 with a prediction that would be inconceivable to understand even the prophecy if you were told by Sister Lucy in 1917 that the final battle between the Lord and Satan will be over marriage and the family. Because you wouldn't even have thought or you couldn't even have the ability to conceive the battle we're facing right now. And so we have August 2nd, 1981, confirms Lucia. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. Every divorce is a great struggle. Everybody gets married because they want to get married. Then the trials happen, the struggles happen. The difficulties come. It degrades. And from that point, the torture, the Injury to the children's hearts gives birth to many other things. Because once you collapse that, the whole building starts collapsing, and that's where we are today. National Geographic has declared war on man and woman marriage. They have declared war that it's up to man to decide what gender he's going to be. They've declared war in this January issue of National Geographic. Our Lady tells you to expose evil. Have you done that? You think there's nothing they can do? I told you about me being at the airport right at the end of December and took 10, 11 uh, National Geographics to the counter and said, send these things back to trash or garbage. It's a degradation of society. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see my grandkids see these things. It's time for you to act. It's Our Lady who said that. November 2nd, 2016, the united love of my apostles will live, will conquer, will expose evil. We are not to be silent in 2017. Why? Because this is an extraordinary year. The 100th year of the anniversary of Fatima, which was the starter for Medjugorje. All preparation. Sometimes people don't want to hear that in some ways. But Medjugorje wouldn't happen without Fatima. Fatima wouldn't be fulfilled without Medjugorje. These are the last apparitions on earth. Everything, all apparitions to this point throughout the centuries from Guadalupe, other apparitions of Our Lady, Rudabach, all these have come in preparation for the coming of the Messiah of the apparitions. I say that figuratively in the context that this is Our Lady's last call. 
because this will be the apparitions that give us everything we'll ever need for salvation. And so it is. Are you entering in battle? you got a 30-day period with these magazines on the shelf to do something about it and be radical with it. And this is our life. Annie's one of the community members here. She's got four children, four young children. And she came into my office the other day. I'm going to let her tell you her story. So I had been into a friend of Medjugorje's office and told him I was going to Barnes & Nobles, and he had told me to check if the National Geographic magazine, go to the magazine rack, see if it's there, and bring it to the desk. So I went in, and I went there, and they were there. I picked him up, brought him to the desk, and I had a brief conversation with the lady there. She said that um, it wasn't up to her, that she would, you know, I had explained that you need to send these back. You know, I don't want my children to see these, you know, and everything. And she said, this isn't the first complaint we've had about this, and I'll definitely pass it on. There's nothing I can do about it. It was just very brief. So I had left the store. She had taken them and had shut the door. And I heard someone behind me after I'd walked out the door. And she said, excuse me, ma'am, but I need to have a few words with you very in a very mean way. And I turned around, and I saw this very you know young girl. In her early 20s, she was very pretty, long hair, slim, looked very normal. And she just started screaming at me that she had overheard my conversation and that I was not a Christian. I did not love them. So she just started screaming every bad word every that you can imagine at me, screaming at the top of her lungs. I was holding um, my four-month-old baby, and she, you know— just was screaming at her and she was just looking at the baby and looking at me screaming on and on just kept saying every bad word you can imagine and I had tried to cut into her several times and she just kept kept saying over and over you don't love us you're not a Christian kept saying using that form you know us and at that point I realized that she was clarifying that she was living an abominable lifestyle and I had tried to interject something here and there, and she was just completely screaming over top of me. I had gone on for several minutes. And so finally I said to her, I said, if you're going to keep screaming at me like this and not let, listen to what I'm going to say, I'm going to leave because I don't want my baby to listen to what you're saying, all of this you know, bad language that you're using. And she stopped at that point and said, well, what do you want to say to me? And so I said, I do love you. I love everyone, but I don't love the sin you're in, and that's why I care. If I didn't, I wouldn't waste my time if I didn't care about you, and that's why I'm doing this. And I don't want my children to grow up, you know, seeing all of this. And she just continued, kind of went back and forth and would scream, "That's not true." You, you know, you don't love. Just kept going back to that point, and so I ended up keep talking to her. She kind of calmed down, and then um, I told her, what you're searching for is God, and um, you're looking for him in the wrong places. And I, I felt before that, that there was no—before she had um, stopped screaming, I, there was nothing I could do with—she wasn't going to listen to anything I could say. I felt like it was hopeless. There was nothing I could do that I was probably just going to have to leave my baby because she was not. And then she all of a sudden turned, and— um, decided that she was going to listen to what I had to say. So then 
we continued to talk. And when I had told her that you're looking, you really, you're looking for God, but you're just looking in the wrong places. You want his love. She, her whole face changed at that point when I had mentioned that. And she actually started, she started crying and then she started weeping. And she even laid her head on my shoulder and was weeping and said, you're right, you're right. I am looking for, but he's never done anything for me. And I'm, and then she began to tell me her family situation and that she rarely saw her father, but when she did, he was very abusive to his mother and they were very scared of him. And she said, I'm, I'm scared of any man, every man. I never want to be with them at all, including God. She said, you know, he's never helped me. He's never done anything for me. And that's when I said, well, you need, you need to ask him to help you. He's waiting for you to ask you know, for help and help to fill that void and help put someone in your life to fill that void that you never had, that you're still looking for and searching for from your father and you're you know, scarred from your childhood. And we ended up staying there for over two hours talking. She, um, you know, had cried and told me her lots of details about her life. I had told her she had wanted to know, I told her all about Medjugorje. She was soaking up every detail about um, Medjugorje, all of the beginning days, wanted to know everything about the visionaries, completely turned full circle. And we sat there for over two hours. It was getting dark. And I had given her, I had words from heaven, and I explained and went through the book and told her that she can open to this book at random, and Our Lady will really speak to her heart and help her and show her what to do. Showed her, she was very interested in the indexes and ev- just everything, reading the messages already. I gave her a prayer book. and. She um, and went through some of the prayers with that. I gave her a village sees a light and between heaven and earth. And she was just holding those, hugging them and just kept saying over and over, thank you. I'm so glad, um, you know, that this happened. And and she even actually apologized at the end for all the bad language that she used. And she gave us a hug and even smiled at the baby and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the baby. And I ended up, um, we like I said, we talked for two, over two hours. It was getting dark all the time. You know, people were walking by the store coming out when she was screaming and everything, and everyone was turning and looking at at us. And, you know, people just were walking by, and um, it ended up being dark by the time we were leaving there. What did you feel when she put her head on your shoulder crying? I felt very much Our Lady's, the whole time I could feel Our Lady. Like, I, I felt, you know, but I, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked myself from, because I was still shaking from how much she had screamed at me. And when she put her head on my shoulder, I— it made me cry, even just because of the full change like that. When she was screaming to start with, did you want to run? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be in this situation. I just want to get right out of it. That was my first instinct, but, you know, not wanting to be in that. But I wanted to stay there, and I knew I didn't want to back down, really. I wanted to stand up for what I believed and what I thought. But it was my humanness wanted to run away. <laughs> and the lady said that you're not the first one to complain. Yes. That came from the previous show last week where we said for you to go out there and get your prayer groups or get your parish, tell everybody to go do that because nobody's just going to go take those books off unless they suggested it. We put that out and people do it. Have you done that? Are you sitting on that? This magazine is going to be there for one month. Now, actually, I don't know there's a couple of weeks before the other one comes out and you can make inroads. There's no place I go. There's no place I fly. There's no place I visit that I don't bring back to Caritas war stories far larger than many of the people in the community. And thank God Annie came into my office. And with that encouragement, she went and did that. 
and she very likely changed someone's perdition to salvation and at least put her on the road to that. You do not know the power of efficacy Our Lady has to act with you and be with you unless you do it. If you've never experienced it because you haven't tapped into it, just like looking at a water fountain. I want water. They say there's water in there, but you never touch it. It's not going to come out. You got to turn the knob. You got to act. And that water comes out. It's a flood of graces that you'll experience, and it will shock you. Did it shock you? Yes, it very much shocked me. And and even many people in the community have never experienced that because they've never been so forward. I'm forward. I don't stop. And I've got cognition of 30 years of seeing it. But what I've seen in 30 years is not what I had 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 15 years ago or 10 years ago. The power is growing. Just like Maria says, every day our lady is more beautiful because she's taking the prayers of the faithful worldwide, going before God, getting more power every day to act. And so when she breaks the iceberg with the ship of the November 2nd, 2016 message, the united love of my apostles. It takes love to do what Annie did. It takes love to go out there and do that. Because you don't love the sinner if you just tolerate it or, so, or you just walk away. I'm not going to address her. I'm just going to get in my car and let her cuss me out. Go into the ambush. Fight. It's a great struggle that was about to unfold between Satan and Christ. And human souls are at stake. This girl's salvation is at stake because of divorce, wrecked family. She told, you told me earlier she never prayed. The family didn't pray. Did you know one-third, a study just came out, one-third of the youth being raised today is going to church, will leave church and never return. Why? Because of enforcement, the witness, the home filled with prayer is not there. She knew of God. This girl you talked to spoke of God, but she never knew his love because the man is killed in the family. And you can't even take exactly what she's saying in the sense, what is my dad and my dad? It's proven that a lot of overbearing women kill fatherhood in the family. Do you know what happened with this brutality, uh, uh, heinous brutality of torturing this kid by these four blacks? That this, when this happened, a black guy came on the radio. I was told about it. We looked it up. I heard his clip. He said, let me tell you something. Every time you see people like this doing something this bad, he was denouncing the four blacks that did it, the young adults. He says, you blame one person on that. You blame it on the black women. I've worked with blacks all my life in my business. And they always said they never got no respect. At first, I didn't respect them, but I understood. And he's right. What changed Ben Carson? His mother. And this guy says that. It's the woman. That's why our lady's coming. And white women, too. We're not making home. We're not making marriage. And so this poor girl comes up and has fear of man. For why? Joanna Reagan's mother didn't do that. She didn't teach Reagan to be Ronald Reagan to be scared of her daddy, who was a drunk, who got violent and had problems. She overlooked that and said, that's your father. So she put the vestige of fatherhood in Ronald Reagan. And look who he became. And look who Ben Carson became. So don't give me that. Everything is on the woman today. And so when we confront this, 
And you see these, don't misread this. Oh, it's all the man's fault. It's all the black. All I hear about blacks is all the black fathers. They got no black fathers. Why are they not at home? You change a woman and make that a home, you're going to see a lot of black fathers stay home. And don't tell me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I basically lived with many, many blacks. I was in the neighborhoods. I know them. It's the first time I've ever heard somebody speak out like that. And he's 100% correct. Is all black women bad? I'm not saying that. I say there's a lot of improvement. And womanhood is sick. And so this girl is sick because the family's not been held together. So when you see these confrontations, we need to go into the battle. Don't run from it. Andy could have just put the seed there. But if you don't feed the seed, it dies. This girl was too weak for this. And he had material in the car. All of our vehicles going out. We have several things on Mezioria. You need to order and keep in your vehicle and your home several words from heavens and material about Mezioria between heaven and earth. Because if you don't feed it, it dies. Without this material that Annie gave her, she would have wilted. Do you feel like you changed somebody's salvation, Annie? I could feel it. I could feel Our Lady. And What have you done since you got back? You haven't said anything to me about this girl. I've been praying for her. She's been constantly in my heart. I knew the answer before I asked you that. Because you can't have a dramatic miracle like that changes somebody around without that being on your heart. I knew you were praying without even you telling me. That's the effect of what the three things in the future is going to be about when the secret's released is there's going to be a radical moment of conversion. There's going to be a separation from the degradation of society. And then there'll be in your heart the zeal for converting of a pagan. And this is paganism at the highest degree. And if she continues to grow, she's got words from heaven. There's no reason she shouldn't and change her life. She'll have the same thing. She had a moment of conversion. You caused that. You're the instrument. Our Lady empowered it. She's given the grace. Then God's not going to say, give these messages like this and then leave you abandoned without saying, hey, I'm going to give grace. The action of Christ came there through his mother. She's present. I felt that many times. I've seen it. And I know she's real. And actually, that's what Our Lady said in her January 2nd, 2017 message, the message of the year. A proclamation to go out and fight, enter the ambush. This message says everything. And she says, my most beloved son illuminates lives. That's what happened with Annie's encounter with this girl. Dispels darkness. That's what happened with the encounter with Annie. I'm expressing my feelings to you. Love, understanding, and motherly beloveness. And my motherly love, love which carries me to you, inexpressibly mysterious but real. This is a mysterious happening. If you've never had that happen, you think, wow, this was something supernatural. Why? Because it was. And all this brings us to something important, to realize this epic battle. Remember Sister Lucy wrote, the final battle with the Lord and Satan. Do you know some remarkable things are happening right now? That there's writings out there about 2017 and 1917. And Alea said this possibility for peace for the next century. We thought it was the first year coming up. But that was 17 years of preparation to 2017 about what's taking place. I mentioned a couple once already on about the Wall Street Journal. I saw somebody on a plane reading it 
I saw a title, and we got it. And the title was, What 1917 Sets in Motion We're Playing Out Today. Can you believe that? Somebody wrote an article about time 1917. So we looked up things. There's other articles. One is 2017, Time for a New Economic Model, and back to 1917. Then he say this in 2015, about 1915. You didn't have titles running about 2016, back to 1916. But they're out there. Another one says, will 2017 look like 1917? These are secular articles. And there's several of them. It's fascinating. The one in Wall Street Journal says this. The great irony of the new year is that for all fresh elements at play, in politics, referencing the political scene, what happened is not explainable worldwide, much less in this country. All fresh elements at play in politics and the new personalities at the center of political life. 2017 is shaped by factors set in motion 100 years before in 1917. Wow. This is purely secular. It's not about Fatima and this 100th anniversary this year. But I told you, from months ago, months before the election, this is God's action. And if our lady came to Fatima in 1917, setting things in motion, then at the end of the 100 years, is there not something else going to be put in motion? The title says, set in motion, we're still playing out today. And he pinpoints it in his writing here, 2017. He goes on and says, the key to making sense of 2017 is understanding the many events of 1917. This should make your skin crawl. Where's he getting this? He says, in 1917, the U.S. abandoned an isolationist tradition. George Washington set out the great rule of conduct for us in regard to foreign nations, which was to have with them as little political connection as possible. Thomas Jefferson described the goals of the U.S. international relations as peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. John Quincy Adams reinforced the American impulse for isolationism in his July 4th, 1821 address, saying, America goes not abroad to search for monsters to destroy. But since 1917, America has gone abroad in large measure to keep danger from American shores. World War I gave rise to the idea that it was better to fight the enemy abroad than to wait for him to attack at home. The Russian Russian Revolution of 1917 toppled the czars, sent tremors and socialist rebellions throughout Europe, and drove Lenin into power and set up a world order. In the year 1917, also brought the Declaration, a letter, the British government notions that it viewed with favor the establishment of Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. See, if something biblical happens, it's always still involving the Jewish people. The three events that happened in 1917 was U.S. entry into World War One, the Russian Revolution, and the creation of the Jewish state. All these things took place. The writing goes on and says, The world as we know it today began a century ago. This realization might prompt President-elect Trump to be at once conservative and radical. 
Wow, he's coming to a conclusion that what happened in 1917 needs to be addressed by Trump in 2017. And nobody can explain him being there. But this starts showing secularly that there's something up. And that Trump can't at one time be conservative and radical. But he's going to have to be. It goes on and says, careful of changing national traditions confirmed by the decades, but willing to break from the discredited and hurtful past. Wow. 2017 is to break from this last century. When is the power of the Satan? What, what time frame did he have to have before his power would be broken? One century. So you don't have to just read religious things to see what's in the spirit of man and what he thinks. Secular history supports it. Mr. Trump's most critical considerations, and if not most critical, is a step in to reflect on how the events of 1917 have affected history since and to decide what to conserve and observe and what to destroy and how to deploy his powers. What a statement. Did you hear what this guy wrote? That Trump is going to have to reflect on what is to keep from this last century and what do his powers to deploy from his powers to destroy. Something's brewing. Something's cooking. And you're not even in the battle. If you haven't been on the streets, go get your National Geographics. And don't pre-plan anything. The Bible says don't plan what you're to say. If Annie knew what was going to go on and she's going in, this is going to be attacked, she'd start rehearsing what she's going to say. I don't rehearse what I say. I don't plan it out because the Bible says don't do that. I'll put the words on your tongue. Mariana's book spoke about this. She asked a lot of questions. Our lady says, don't. You'll know the answer at the moment. You can't rehearse what she did. When you rehearse it, you kill the Holy Spirit because you pre-plan the reaction back to something that's not been planned or you know of the plan. You got to react to the Holy Spirit to what's been said to you at the moment by the words of God that puts on your tongue to the Holy Spirit via Our Lady and her presence. I never worry about what I'm to say, even when I go talking in front of a huge audience. I don't plan a lot because I don't know what the hearts out there need to hear. And many times they come up to me after and says, I can't believe what you said. This is what was in my heart. If I planned it, I rehearsed it, I orchestrated it, I killed the Holy Spirit. You just plan to go out. Your prayer groups go to different places every day. One go to Walmart, one go to Barnes and Nobles. You got a few more days to do this, a couple more weeks. Get out there and do it. There's things you can take, there's steps you can take to do this. Because it's a commission. Through your united love, and the words of Relay says, the united love of my apostles will live, will conquer, will expose evil. You need to expose National Geographic's agenda to devote a whole book for the battle against marriage, the battle against family. And so what kind of time do we live in? In notebooks, which is Marie Vitorta's writings, Jesus is talking to Marie Vitorta, and he says, we are now in the period I call the forerunners. Remember, this is 1945. We are now in the period I call the forerunners of the Antichrist. We've seen them, Hitler. We've seen others. And we see those who really are slick, like Obama. This guy's an antichrist. I can't say that. How can I judge that? I'm not judging anything. His actions say it. Judgment on him would be, where is he going? 
hope he's going to make it to heaven. You pray for your enemies for that. That doesn't stop me from saying this man did more to open the can of worms we're suffering from now as a vehicle, anti-Christian, than any president's ever had altogether or any man that's lived on the earth in this time. He's anti-Christ and he's a forerunner. Then the period of Antichrist, who is the forerunners of Satan, will come. So you have come one before Satan. He will be helped by the manifestation of Satan. And Jesus goes on and says, It is my judgment, my triumph, my kingdom, and the defeat of Satan in himself, in his creatures, and in the forerunners, that I will prevail. And you have a lady saying, January 2nd, Always know that God knows everything. God sees. And this continues in a notebook. Saying, you men are sometimes amazed at God knowing all things in his infinite intelligence. Should have proceeded to create man. And you almost wonder if God knew or did not know what man would commit. So God, he saw this time. But he created us anyway. And that's what we are. Why did God do this? Why does this happen? Our Lady announces in 1917 the reign of Satan without us realizing it. And this is a side note that really upsets me always because we've been sitting on this with Sister Lucy. And this is just one thing she explained. How much more wealth of spiritual knowledge we could have had by talking to her. But they forbid her to talk. She wasn't allowed. Ivanka saw Rwanda. One million people killed in a hundred days. She saw it nine months before. Did the Franciscans put that out? No, they did not. Did they sit on it? They sat on it. Why? Because these are controversial things we don't do. That's why we don't have our Sister Lucy. She died with things that we will never know. And Medjugorje many times the same way. But I don't want to go down the road, and that always angers me. Because we could know a lot more about these things. Evine knows a ton of stuff about the family. And he wrote a lot about it. Where is it? Oh, it may complicate things. Complicate things. Forget about it. We're in crisis times. Don't hesitate to go to Walmart today. You do what you got to do. God saw everything. And we've been commissioned to go out. Jesus continues after he says, wonder if God knew or did not know what man would commit. Nothing is unknown to the triune God. All the events in the universe, the birth and the death of planets, the formation and the dissolution of the universe, life or death on the worlds launched into space, cataclysm, and the expirations are eternally known by the Eternal Father. Our Lady just told us this January. He knows everything. Don't ask for questions. You'll learn them at your death, she says. All the events on earth are also known eternally. One of the millions of worlds created by God, the one which is known to you because you are its inhabitants. Wow. This is strong stuff. All the universe. And we're on the one that he chose for us to live on and bring salvation. It continues. And all the events of man considered as an inhabitant 
of the earth are known eternally. Before Adam existed, God knew that Adam would sin. And with him, Adam's race would sin for millennia. You see what he's saying? He's referring to the masculine, to the man, because it was up to the man to stand up to the woman. And the man don't stand up to the woman today, and divorce has happened. And then from divorce, abortion happens. From there, abominable living happens. It goes on. That's why it's always referred to as Adam. And we're reversing that now. God knew that Adam would sin, and with him, Adam's race would sin for millennials. Not a single sin by man, not a single virtue of men, are unknown to our wisdom. At both the time they occur and at the time so far in advance that it cannot be compared to any limit of your time, stretching back over the centuries to millennia, to the point of non-existence of time eternity. We are in something incredible in 2017. Are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to sit on the sidelines and listen to Annie's stories and not participate in them? you got war stories waiting to come for you. You're going to get beat up if you're not fasting. You're going to get beat up if you're not confessing. You're going to get beat up if you're not in peace. You're going to get beat up if you ain't living the messages. But once you do, you gain authority to speak in the name of God which is in the name of the Son, do the Virgin Mary and what she's telling and commissioning you to do. You are commissioned. 2017 is a time to run into the ambush. We've got a few months before May 13th, the 100th anniversary. What are you going to be doing in preparation for that? Because God is dead for many, many people. This girl that was confronted Annie, God was dead in her. And actually, Annie told me before this that she said she was came there that day searching for something. It wasn't just she was searching. She had an appointment with destiny. Do you know what a lady had to do to orchestrate the path of both these people crossing at the same moment, at the same time, being at that, that second? And how many times you disappoint our lady because you didn't speak up? You didn't say what you needed to say? Shame and sad for those who are headed to perdition, that you are headed in the path to interrupt them. But, oh, it's not my peace to say something. It is your peace. And you'll have peace from it, even if it's violent in the moment. And we don't have to debate anybody. We're right. We're not there to debate or argue. We're there to be heard. And you can get through with that if you have the courage. And so in this dead society toward God that's growing in that, we need to realize what it is worth to do in following the messages. Pray and reflect. And these next two weeks, you go grab these magazines. You have somebody go to the store the next day. Many people's eternity is in your hands. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. Here in the ending, we stand alone on the shore. God don't live here no more God don't live here no more God don't live here 
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.